One of my favorite dad reflex stories happened though on March the 5th, 2016. Uh, Sean Cunningham took his son Landon to his first professional baseball game to celebrate his ninth birthday. We got a picture of what that game was like. We're going to put it on the screen, let you see what happened on that first game that Sean had ever gone to. It was a spring training game between Atlanta Braves, Pittsburgh Pirates. It was a, a stadium there in, in, or in uh, Florida, Lake Buena Vista, Florida. Pirates outfielder Danny Ortiz was up to bat. When he swung, he lost control of the bat, and it slipped from his hands, and it went hurtling towards the stands. Landon, the, the young boy, nine years old, celebrating his birthday, was on his phone texting his mom. He had sent her a picture of, of being at the ballpark and everything. He didn't know what was about to happen. I don't know if you can make sense of all this picture, but you, you see the boy there with the bat right in the middle, and you see the arm attached to the dad in the sunglasses there with the gray shirt and the gray cap. That's Sean. Sean said, I didn't have a whole lot of time to think about it. It was just dad mode, you know, you're just protecting my son. So I just did what I could. You zoom in and you get to see exactly what could have happened. The barrel of that bat was about to smash that boy's face in, and... Sean instinctively went into dad mode and stopped the bat. Images were, were captured by a newspaper photographer, and those images were posted online, and within hours, they had gone viral around the world because of this one truth. Every day is Father's Day. Because every day is a day you might be needed, and you have to go in dad mode. Dads, we always have to be ready, because every day is Father's Day. You never know when you're going to have to make a dad move. You never know when your child is going to need your protection. You never know when your child is going to need your encouragement. You never know when your child is going to need your instruction. Every day is Father's Day. You never know when your child is watching not just how you talk, but also how you live. You see, every day is Father's Day. Now, have you ever noticed how different Father's Day is from Mother's Day? On Mother's Day, in a lot of churches, Mother's Day is like a giant party where we recognize moms. They're our guest of honor. Moms are recognized. They're asked to stand. They're praised. They're applauded. And rightly so, they deserve all of that. But on Father's Day... Father's Day, most sermons tell dads they need to get their act together. Right? I mean, just think about it. That's what we tell them. Dads, you're, you're sorry low down. You need to get your act together. You need to start doing better. Uh, we're not going to do that today. Dads, today, I want to encourage you. Yeah. <laughs> today, I want to encourage you. Today, I, I, I don't want to beat you down. I want to lift you up. I want you to see and understand how important you are in your family. Billy Graham said, a good father is one of the most unsung, unpraised, unnoticed, and yet one of the most valuable assets in our society. Being a father is one of the most important responsibilities you will ever have, if not the most important responsibility you'll ever have. No job is as important as your job as a dad. No responsibility is probably as big as your responsibility of being a dad. And none of us do that perfectly, do we? Especially the one talking right now. None of us do that perfectly. But dads, what I want to do today is to encourage you by showing you the power of your influence. 
And I want to show you that in God's Word in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4. Just one verse today in the New Testament book of Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4. So open your Bible or turn it on, however you've brought your Bible with you today. Let me hear those pages turning or, or let me see the holy glow in your faces from the phone that you turn on. Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4. Just one verse today. Now, moms, while we're turning to this, moms, let me say this. Moms, you have a powerful influence on your family. And I'm not discounting the role of mothers in any form or fashion. And we talked about the importance of moms on Mother's Day. But, But I just today want to focus on the unique role that fathers play in their family. Today, I simply want to give you four words to help you understand and fulfill your role as a father. Let's read the verse first. Ephesians 6, 4, fathers do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and the instruction of the Lord. The dads, by way of trying to build you up and lift you up, let me give you these four words, and I'm going to try to repeat them throughout the message and help you put those in your mind and hopefully also in your heart. The first word that I want you to, to grab hold of today is the word awareness. Awareness. Would you notice the very first word in Ephesians 6.4? Talk to me. What is the very first word in Ephesians 6.4? Fathers. God has a role for you to play in the spiritual development of your family. God specifically mentions you. He speaks to you, the Father. And He says, I have a role for you. You need to be aware of how crucial that role is. James Emery White did a study, and, and here's the, the results that he found as he studied the role of fathers in the home. He said, and I quote, If a father does not go to church, even if his wife does, only one child in 50 will become a regular worshiper as an adult. But, listen to this, if a father goes to church regularly, regardless of what the mother does, between two-thirds and three-fourths of their children will attend church as adults. You see, there's a reason that God speaks to fathers in this text. There's a reason that God focuses on the dad in the home. It's because of the influence that you have in that home. Again, ladies, I'm not trying to discount your role in the spiritual development of your family. But God Almighty says, dads, I want you to understand something. I want you to be aware of something. You play an important role in the life of your family. The most important mission trip, Dad, you can ever go on is from your house to church every Sunday. Because when you go on that mission trip from your house to church every Sunday, you are doing something for the kingdom when you set the example in your home of what it means to live for God. And so every Sunday when you get up and you don't debate if you're going to go to a a ball game or to the golf course or to the lake, but every Sunday it's known in your family that in me and my house, we go to church on Sunday. Me and my house, we go worship the Lord on Sunday. Me and my house, we're going to live for God every week and we'll show that on Sunday morning. Dads, when you set that example, when you go and you make that your priority, And all of a sudden, you have an impact on the kingdom like you never realized. You see, that is a mission trip from your house to the church house. Because you're going with the mission of impacting your family for the kingdom. 
I, I read this somewhere. I'd give credit if I knew where it came from. But, but this quote says, I am the only one who can walk with God for me and be the husband to my wife and be the father to my kids. Everything else can be and one day will be done by someone else. Isn't that true? One day someone else will do your job that you're obsessing over. One day someone else will hold your title and sit in your office. One day someone else will own your company. One day someone else will live in your house. Your kids are not interested in you building a business empire. They're not interested in a super successful dad. They're not interested even in a a superhero. They just want you, dad, with all of your flaws and all of your weaknesses and all of your quirks because for your kids, there's no better father on earth than you. There was a young minister who was about to be ordained and he was giving his testimony. And he said, as a young man, I almost became an infidel and an atheist. He said, I I was struggling with the issues and the complexities of life and and in my mind trying to wrestle and rationalize everything. And he said, "I, I almost became an atheist. He said, but there was one argument in favor of Christianity for which I could never refute. He said, and that was the consistent conduct of my father. Dads, I want you to have this awareness. God himself has assigned to you an important role in your home. And nobody else can fulfill that role except you. And regardless of how young or how old your kids are, you're still their father. You're still their example. You still are the one to influence your family. And dads, hear this from a pastor's heart. Your primary role, dads, is not to put food on the table, clothes on their back, and a roof over their head. God has given you a bigger job than that. Your primary role is to be a powerful example and influence on the lives of your children. You and I need to live with that awareness. That's the first word, awareness. That God, when he was writing Scripture, put you at the very first of that verse, fathers. And he did not say mothers, and he did not say youth minister, and he did not say church leaders. He said fathers. You and I need to live with that awareness. Number two, the second word I would give you today is the word impact. Impact. You can be a positive or a negative impact on your kids. And this verse tells us that. This verse shows us what we should not do, and it shows us what we should do. Look at verse 4 again, Ephesians 4, 6. He says, fathers, do not exasperate your children. That's the first thing that you should not do. Do not exasperate your children. In other words, Paul here is saying, Here's the negative impact you can have if you're not careful. Dads, here's the negative impact you can have if you're not intentional. Fathers, do not, what what does it say? Do not do what? What's that word? Do not exasperate your children. King James Version says, fathers, provoke not your children to wrath. Living Bible says, do not keep on scolding and nagging your children, making them angry and resentful. New Living Translation says, don't make children angry by the way that you treat them. I love the fact that the Bible is a balanced book. You see, children are told in chapter 6, verse 1, it says, children, obey your parents. Chapter 6, verse 1. But God also gives a word to the parents, especially to the fathers, when he says, fathers, don't be overbearing over your kids. Be a father, not a foreman. Be a mentor, not a master. 
Be a teacher, not a tyrant. You see, if you're constantly criticizing and constantly nagging and constantly dominating your children, you may cause them to rebel against your authority and to reject your influence. So he begins as he talks to the fathers, he talks to them about the impact that they could have. And he says, first of all, you need to know the negative impact. Don't do this. Being a good parent is hard, isn't it? Man, he says, don't do this. Don't, don't exasperate your children. And I just want you to know, I understand this. Being a good parent is hard. I mean, by the time you get it figured out, they move out. Right? But by the time you, you, you understand what you're supposed to do, you're unemployed. Here's a, the negative impact. Don't, don't exasperate your children. Then he says the positive impact is this. Bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. Now, if you don't hear anything else, I want you to tune into this. Here's the positive impact you can have. Almighty God says, here's your role. Bring them up in the training and nurturing of the Lord. Here's the reason you need to do that, dads, because it will not come naturally to your, to your kids. You see, remember what we talked about last Sunday, Romans chapter 5? Remember we talked about we're all born as sinners? We're all born with that sin nature? We're all born with this tendency to disobey God? We're all born with this tendency to rebel against God. We, all of us, kids don't start out holy. They don't start out godly. They don't start out loving the Lord. They start out as little devils. Right? Now, not your kids, but other kids. I mean, even the world's greatest grandbaby is starting to hit that phase. She's just 14. Yeah, I can't believe it. She's just 14 months old, and, and, you know, they got that little protection around the brick at the fireplace, and, and she goes over, and, and she's getting ready to pull it off. Lily, don't do that. Lily, don't do that. And she smiles, and she pulls it right off. <laughs> Kelly told me yesterday that Lily, for the first time the other day, got mad and slapped her in the face. Where did she learn to do this? It was not from her grandfather, I can tell you that. <laughs> But she didn't have to learn it. You know why? It comes naturally. It's the way we're born. We're all born with that sin nature. In fact, there was a report from the Minnesota Crime Commission. This is not a church. This is not a religious organization. This was a government organization. I, I could not find out when they put out this report. I think it might have been years ago. But the true story, Minnesota Crime Commission studied humanity and came to this frightening conclusion. Here's, and I quote, every baby starts life as a little savage. That's the first line. Listen to the rest of it. He is completely selfish and self-centered. He wants what he wants when he wants it. His bottle, his mother's attention, his playmate's toy, his uncle's watch. Deny him these wants and he seethes with rage and aggressiveness, which would be murderous were he not so helpless. In other words, he'd kill you if he could. He is dirty. He has no morals, no knowledge, no skills. This means that all children, not just certain children, but all children are born delinquent. If permitted to continue in the self-centered world of his infancy, given free reign to his impulsive actions to satisfy his wants, every child will grow up to be a criminal, a thief, a killer, a rapist. You know what the government said in that report? 
The government said somebody has to help these children because if you just leave them to what comes natural, it's not a pretty picture. And so God says, dads, guess what? I'm assigning you the responsibility of taking that sinful creature that you love desperately and bringing them up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. That's the positive impact that you can have. Bring them up in the original Greek text is, is, is an imperative. It's a command. God takes this seriously. God takes our role as fathers seriously. So he gives us this command, not a suggestion. In the original language, it is a command. Bring them up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. I love what Kai Bowman tweeted recently. He said, family life is a big part of Christian life. Family life is where they learn how to live the Christian life. So he says, bring them up in the training and the instruction of the Lord. The word training there has the idea to educate, to give direction, to encourage. Instruction in that verse means to discipline and to guide because they're not always going to get it right. They're not always going to do what you say. So you need to discipline them and guide them and help them. And then it says, and you might want to mark it in your Bible if you underline your Bible, of the Lord. Bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. You see, that's the goal. The goal is lovingly pointing your children toward God. The goal is to faithfully give them an example to follow. The goal is to genuinely show them what it means to love God and to serve God. God said, bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. This will not come by osmosis. This will come by your intentional training. That needs to be your focus, your awareness. I've told you some of you before that when I was a young boy, and even as a young teenager, I used to watch my dad. I watched how he lived his life. And the more I watched him, the more I wanted to be like him. The more I saw him live what he believed, the more I wanted to believe it. The more I saw that his words at the house and his words at church matched, the more I believed what he believed. Proverbs 17.6 says, Parents are the pride of their children. It does not say children are the pride of their parents, though that is true. But the verse says, Parents are the pride of their children. I've always been proud to call James Shorter my father. I've never been hesitant to to acknowledge that James Shorter was my daddy. And the interesting thing about that, though, is that his dad died when he was a little boy. He didn't have a daddy as he was growing up. And yet somehow, by God's grace, my dad gave me and my two brothers something that he never had, a godly example to follow. He never had a, guide, a, a, a dad to spiritually guide him. He never had a dad to direct him in life. Somehow, after he got saved as a young adult, he recognized that as he lived his life, he was impacting my life. Dads, that's what this verse is talking about. Teaching by demonstration. Fathers, here's the positive impact you can have. Bring them up in the training and the instruction of the Lord. As you live your life for Jesus, you're demonstrating how they can and should live their lives. So, let's see if you're, uh, if you're with me. What was the very first word, dads? I want you to answer, not ladies. 
They always answer. Dads, I want you to answer. What's the first word that I want you to focus on? It's the word what? Awareness. What's the second word? Impact. You can have impact on your family, on your kids especially. Here's the third word. Focus. Focus. Lots of things pull at our attention. Lots of things demand our attention. Lots of things compete for our attention. But listen to this, dads. This is a word I think the Lord gave me. Our kids can never be secondary in our lives because we are to be the primary influence in their lives. So focus on two things. Focus, first of all, on teaching your kids the truth of God's Word. And secondly, focus by, on showing them that they are accountable to God for the way they live their lives. Dads, if you could just focus on those two things, teaching them that this is God's Word, and God's Word is truthful, God's Word is reliable, God's Word is without error, God's Word is the guidebook to, on how to live life. Focus on teaching them that this is God's Word, and focus on teaching them they are accountable to God for what they do with God's Word. And dads, don't you hear me? You have to be the one to do that. You have to be the one to tell them what is right and what is wrong. You have to be the one to tell them what God says and to teach them that they're accountable to live what God says. Because if you don't teach your kids to live for God, Satan has a whole lot of people who would teach them how to live for him. So the, the, the third word that I want you to understand is the word focus. That in, in a busy life, when you've got lots of things happening, one thing you cannot lose is your focus on your family. Pastor, I put a roof over their head and I, and I, I provide for them and, and I, I help them. No, no, no. Focus. Focus on your family. Because here's the, the fourth word I want you to get. It's the word legacy. Legacy. What do you want your kids to say about you at your funeral? I've done a lot of funerals. I've done hundreds, hundreds of funerals and in 31 years of ministry, almost 32 years of ministry. I've done hundreds of funerals. I can't ever remember a time when somebody came to me and said, Pastor, I just want you to know how successful my dad was financially. I, I can't remember a time when somebody came up and said to me, Pastor, I, I just want you to understand what a big business my dad built. Maybe somebody has. I just don't remember it. But what I do remember the stories is where they come up and say, so I just want you to know the impact my dad had on my life. And most of the time when they say that, they're adults. See, your kids don't understand how hard it is to be a dad until they become one. When they become a dad, or when they become a parent or mom, then they understand how hard it is to raise a family. And then they begin to appreciate what you've done for them over the years. Then they begin to understand and appreciate what you're trying to teach them. Then they begin to understand that you have a legacy, and your legacy was a godly one. I was thinking today, and I just let me share my heart with you. I was thinking today, I don't want my greatest legacy to be that I pastored Mount Airy Baptist Church. I want my greatest legacy to be that I was a godly dad to my kids. 
What will your kids think about? You know. See, look at the text again. Let me just try to imprint this on your heart. Instead, bring them up in the training and the instruction of the Lord. If you give yourself that to that, Dad, if you dedicate yourself to that, that's what they're going to be thinking about when you're gone. That's what they're going to be remembering at your funeral. They're going to be remembering how you brought them up and instructed them in the things of God. They're going to be remembering that you were not a dad who said one thing and did another. They're going to be remembering that, that you were not a dad who is always too busy with work. They're going to remember a dad who lived out the Scripture and brought them up in the training and the instruction of the Lord. I love the story that Billy Graham's kids told of him at his funeral. I don't know if you watched that funeral, but every one of his kids got up and spoke. They all did an incredible job, but the one that, I can't remember her name at the moment, but the one that stood out to me was the daughter who was wayward. had been divorced once or twice, and then she married another man that they didn't want her to marry, and she married him quickly and realized in the, within 48 hours it was a mistake and got out of that one as well, and she... She was wayward from God and she knew she needed to come back to God and she knew she needed to go see her mom and dad. And she said something like this. She said, you know, you never want to let your dad down, but when your dad is Billy Graham, you really don't want to let him down. She said, I still remember going up that mountain in North Carolina, going up to their house, dreading it, fearing the reaction, feeling the guilt and the shame of the way I'd lived and the decisions I'd made. She said, and when I pulled into the driveway, my dad was standing there waiting on me. And she said, when I opened the car door, he opened his arms and said, welcome home, and hugged her. He never criticized her. He never shamed her. He wrapped his arms around her and said, welcome home, honey. She said then at his funeral, she said, I know my dad's not God. But that day when he wrapped his arms around me, it sure felt like God. He sure showed me how God felt about me, a wayward child. Dads, I want to give you this word picture as we close today. I want you to think with me for a moment. Do you recognize? Don't be putting everything away. Just focus here. Do you recognize, dads, that you were the first father figure in your child's life? Do you understand the importance of that? They learn from you what, it, what a father is like, and guess what? As they understand from your example what a father is like, it's supposed to point them to the Heavenly Father. Their concept of God is, in a large part, at least at a very young age, their concept of God really grows out of, out of their relationship with you. When somebody tells them there is a heavenly Father, guess what they think about? Well, you must be like my Father. And I know that some of you dads right now are perhaps grieving because 
You've got that wayward son, or you've got that wayward daughter. Or you're grieving because of time lost. You're grieving because of wrong priorities. You're grieving because, man, you've messed this thing up. But it's never too late to do the right thing. It's never too late to live for God. It's never too late to impact your family. It's never too late to set the example of what it means to be a devoted follower of Jesus. And if you've got a wayward son or daughter and you're grieving for them, I understand that. But let me tell you something. You're still their dad. You're still their example. And don't you ever stop praying for them. And don't you ever stop longing for them to come back home. Don't you ever stop loving them. Remember the story of the prodigal son. The father was waiting on him. The father was standing there waiting on him. And again, ladies, I'm not trying to discount what you're doing, but it was not the mother that was standing there waiting on him. It was the father who was standing there waiting on him. It was the father who embraced him. And God says, the reason this is important is because that earthly father is a representative of the heavenly father. So dads, if your heart is aching because of a son or daughter who has become wayward, don't stop praying for them. Don't stop living for Jesus. Keep showing them what it means to be a devoted follower of Jesus and keep praying they one day will become that. And that may be your greatest legacy. The greatest legacy may, may not be the job that you had, the title that you held. The greatest legacy may be at your funeral your child will stand up and say there was there's a one man who had a great impact in my life. And I had the privilege of calling him dad. And let me say one other thing, and we'll close. If you did not have that kind of father, or you don't have that, that kind of father, today would be a good day to forgive him. Today would be a good day to say, I'm going to forgive him. I'm not going to hold on to this anger. I'm not going to hold on to this bitterness. Today on Father's Day, I'm going to forgive him. Do unto others as you'd have others do unto you. Father, in the name of Jesus, we're grateful that you are our heavenly Father, that you are the one we can turn to and trust in. And God, help me to be the kind of dad that would leave a legacy for my kids. Not the legacy of a pastor, but the legacy of a godly dad. Help me to be for my kids what my dad was for me. I pray that for all of our dads, Lord, that you would help us to be... Help us to be aware. You've placed this in our hands. Help us to be faithful to what you've given us to do. Use us for your glory. May our greatest mission trip be that we took our kids and pointed them towards God. In his name I pray.